Xavier whispering to Logan in the middle of the night? I ship it. Welcome to the summer series finale of the Mutant Musings podcast. It's September 2020 and we'll be discussing episodes of Wolverine and the X-Men. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is my frost down in Africa. Patty! Here's your reminder to leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. And follow us on Twitter at mutant musings. If you follow us, I'll give you candy. No, I won't do that. That sounds creepy as fuck. And also too much candy is bad for you. Except peanut butter. Because peanut butter is the fucking best. Did you know that you can eat all the peanut butter you want and nothing bad will ever happen to you? But only if you're following us on social media. If you eat too much peanut butter, but you're not following us, then you're going to get a tummy ache. And you're going to be up all night crying on the toilet and pushing the follow button isn't going to help you then because it's too late. You had your chance and you should have listened if you wanted peanut butter immunity. So follow us on Twitter and Instagram and never have a tummy ache again for the rest of your life. And speaking of peanut butter... You can't spell butter without butt, and you can't spell peanut without nut, and you can't spell X-Men without men. Want a nut on some man butt? There's your explicit content warning. <laughs> I can't sing. I, I shouldn't have tried to sing that. That was stupid. Also, you can't spell mutant musings without taint. That's, uh, well, I mean, it doesn't have an I in it. Musings does. You need oh, the okay. letters. I see. You, so you have to switch it around a little bit. Yeah, well, it's, it's the letters are there, you know? You just take some letters from from taint and you put them inside mutant musings. You put your taint inside mutant musings is what I'm saying. I, uh, I would, I, I want to pass. <laughs> <laughs> how you doing, Patty? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? Um, what? That's not how this goes. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit how I'm doing. The world wants to know how you're doing. I am, uh, alive. Uh, it's a long weekend, so that's nice. Now, when this comes out, it won't be anymore, but... No, it'll be right smack in the middle of another work week by the time this comes out. So, whoops, whoopsie. Sorry, you bunch of suckers in the future at your fucking jobs, or on your way to your jobs, or on your way home to cry from your jobs. Yep, uh, we're looking at apartments, so that's fun. Yeah, we're looking at apartments and townhouses and also, uh, regular houses, yeah, I don't, I don't know what, it, how you go. It's just townhouse and then just house. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I feel like you get more for a house, so there should be more words attached to house, <laughs> like super homeowner, homeowner, homeowner. Yes, I pointed out there was a status on Facebook I saw a while ago that said that homeowner is one of the few words that has the word meow in it. Patty, what are the other words that have meow in it besides the word meow? Meow, meowing. <laughs> meows those are the other words <laughs> that's it oh what a ripoff that's so amazing that blew my mind when i learned that i can't look at that word uh, like any other way again it's Me just too. It's, i i always read it in my head as home meowner home meowner that's just listen that's just how it should be pronounced just home meowner let's just fucking call it that english is stupid you guys we just fucking just home meowner for the rest of our lives oh so, so there's this game that is called Doki Doki Literature Club, and it's a great game, and you guys should all play it. It's it's like three years old by now. I don't think we ever mentioned this on the podcast. I I don't know. Uh, but 
So I'm trying to keep this game in my life as much as I can. So so I found out this guy that I used to watch on, on YouTube actually played it around the time it came out. So I've been watching that, and it's great because because this this guy doesn't know what's about to happen, and it's a really fucked up game. It's a really fucked up game. It seems sort of like uh, it's a... Uh, oh, visual novel, that's it. So it's, it's like a visual novel, but it's also sort of a bit of a dating sim, but it's also like horror and psychological horror and really disturbing. And we played it like two and a half years ago and we went in blind and we didn't know what was going to happen. And I ended up crying. I was like in the fetal position on my bed. It is so messed up. And so this guy I'm watching is about to get to that moment. Patty, when I say that moment, you know the moment that I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. That moment, that is a heavy moment. It is like like yes, girl. <laughs> the, there are hints that like bad stuff is coming, but like, yeah, there's this moment. He's a couple of minutes away from it happening. And so like there's a warning when you turn the game on. Like, you know, like a trigger warning basically for people with depression and like uh just, you know, mental health issues. And rightfully so. So yeah, so so this game is nuts, and I stopped the video like two minutes before this guy's gonna get to that moment because I'm like, we're gonna record later, and I don't want to be in the worst mood of my life when we sit down to record. So I might finish it later after we're done recording, and uh, and maybe cry. So yeah, that's where I'm at today. Jonathan has like 32 posters of DDLC in his room. I don't feel like it's 30. I don't feel like it's 32. I've counted them. I forget. It's around 20. 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15? Is that it? And then like two shirts and a mug. Three shirts. (laughs) Three shirts. Okay. Three shirts and a mug. And uh, I think a couple of keychains. Stickers. Oh, yeah, and stickers. Stickers, yep, on my laptop. Yep. Uh, and what else? Uh, the background of my phone. And your computer. No, not my computer. Your laptop has Monica. Oh, yeah, yeah, on my laptop. <laughs> yep, yep, that one. Yeah, yo, you guys should go play it. You guys should go play it or watch somebody play it. But you shouldn't play it or watch someone play it if you're in a really good mood. And you also shouldn't play it or watch anybody play it if you're in a really bad mood. You kind of just need to be coasting through your day if you're going to give Doki Doki Literature Club a shot. Seriously. Okay, thank you for the three-minute commercial. But also, <laughs> also, uh, if you are interested, the game is free and it's on Steam. Yeah, yeah, it's free. It's free. This is nuts. So anyway. All right, so that's that's enough about that game. So we watched some cartoons, Wolverine and the X-Men cartoons. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about them. Uh, yeah, a couple months ago, yeah, I did the the fucking the the thing on social media where people could pick what episodes, and then I tally it up, and then I pick the ones with the most votes. So that's what we're talking about. We're picking. The, we're we're talking about the four episodes that got the most votes, and not all of these episodes are great. Uh, I I did very much like two of them. The first one we're talking about is not one of those two. Although this one did have a couple of moments, but this episode got the most votes, and it is Overflow, uh, episode four. This episode had its moments, but I'm I'm not the biggest fan of it. And st- listen, Storm is great, but Storm had like no role in this cartoon. Excuse me, she blessed the rains down in Africa. Patty, don't be racist. 
<laughs> this this whole almost this whole episode she's being controlled by the shadow king you know so it's like it's not even her she but she's like she's trying to fucking destroy africa and it's not you know it's not her she's being controlled but still that's how we see her we see storm like in the sky causing the rains down in africa and and yeah so i don't know so that's why i really i was not a huge fan of this and again, Storm didn't really have much of a role in this cartoon at all. Uh, but yeah, it opens with uh, Xavier whispering to Logan in the middle of the night. It's really sexy with his British accent. Just, Logan, Logan, Logan. I didn't really know the concept of this show before we started watching it, so it was a little confusing. Uh, Xavier is in the future. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fucking Xavier is telepathically contacting Logan from the future and says that something terrible is about to happen in Africa. This is early on in the show. The premise of Wolverine and the X-Men is there was this big fucking explosion, Gene went missing, and then the fucking X-Men broke up, and Wolverine is trying to put them back together. And they know Storm is in Africa, but they don't know exactly where in Africa. So they cut to the fucking desert, and you see this guy is like dying and some guy comes by on a camel and like gives him some water. And then the guy who is dying, his eyes turn black and then it transfers to the guy on the camel. And, you know, I mean, like we as a viewer should know that, well, that's that's the Shadow King. They're in Africa. This looks like a shadowy king thing to do. So that's what's going on. Uh, and Logan convinces Emma to help them locate storm and so yeah so she's you know i mean after the x-men like i said like they broke up she went back to africa and she's helping uh she's helping the people you know making it rain so they can grow their crops yeah make it rain yep with this lap <laughs> that's how the kids how the kids are talking about right can we not talk about storm's wap is that really where this is going storms i mean jonathan we have to we have to appeal to the youth that's <laughs> what the youth is talking about right now is the wap oh my god patty why <laughs> <laughs> why are we talking about storms vagina i i don't jonathan you know me by now <laughs> what does that mean patty what, is... <laughs> what? <laughs> how much are you into discussing vagina <laughs> I mean, just enough for Storm to, you know, water the crops. Oh, man. This this is starting to go someplace I don't want it to go. <sighs> never, never mind. This is now becoming the wet-ass pussy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Scott is depressed because Gene's gone, and that's all Scott is good for, because this is supposed to be like movie Scott, and what happens when Gene goes away in movie? Scott gets sad. So what happens when Gene goes away in cartoons? Scott gets sad. And he's scruffy. He's scruffy too. He did he hasn't shaved. That's how you know that he's going through some shit. There's your context clue. I feel like Scott cannot grow facial hair. But he did, Patty. They showed it I, off. He had I I don't <laughs> believe it. It's it's non-canonical. He had scruff. It's true. Don't you remember uh what was going on? Uh there was some fucking Asgard event at the beginning of, like, last year, and Scott had a full-ass beard. Asgard. Yes. Don't, <laughs> don't change the subject. Don't distract, <laughs> don't distract me with ass. 
Scott had a <laughs> Scott had a beard. Yeah, it's called the Gene. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is, is does Gene have the WAP too? Is Gene wapping? Gene has the wapest WAP. <laughs> oh my God! All right, fine. Tell wapathy. That's what she's <sighs> got. <laughs> But then, uh, but then Scott shaves and, and he comes along and he doesn't say anything. He just, you know, looks all fucking, fucking pouty and serious. And yeah. And so Forge, Forge was there. Forge had just finished cleaning the Blackbird, but now they're going to take it to, uh, to, to fucking Africa. And Forge is upset. And Forge also looks very white. Forge did also look very white. All of the characters in the show looked too white. Even Storm was very pale. And uh, and and they also, I don't know if you remember from last year, from the one episode that we discussed, you remember when they made Arclight a dude? Uh, they they couldn't have a woman lead the Marauders. They had to make it a dude. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, so uh, I don't like a whole bunch of the decisions that they made with this show. Um, again, the show had its moments, but out of the, the three main X-Men animated series, this one is definitely the weakest. But yeah, so anyway, so Wolverine decides to be an asshole to Forge, who just finished cleaning the, the Blackbird, and before they take off, Wolverine just fucking scratches the side of it. It's like, imagine that. Well, he said the first, the first cut hurt the most, so he was going to make it easier and do it himself. He's a dick. He is a dick. <laughs> but anyway, so, so people keep touching. Isn't that such a 2009 thing, you guys? Remember when people used to touch? <sighs> like, yeah, that's that's your clue that something is transferring from person to person because it's the fucking black eyes. And then it makes its way up to Storm. And yeah, it's a Shadow King. He reveals himself and you get the flashback to when Thor- Storm was a little girl and she was a thief. And Amal Farouk and Xavier met and then they battled. And then it's like Amal's body died. But sure, we we know that the Shadow King is this thing that can travel from person to person. Like herpes. <laughs> like herpes? Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Uh yeah, so so Storm is hallucinating. Uh, she but she doesn't know it. She sees that this village is engulfed in flames. So she, you know, flies up in the air and she starts making it rain. And this dude is like there's no fire. What are you talking about? And uh, the Blackbird with the X-Men show up. She throws some wind at it because she sees it as a fireball. And so they crash in the water. And she's like throwing stuff at them as they're trying to get to her. Uh, I think it knocked Bobby out. And then it knocked Kitty out. And then Beast was trying to help them. And so Scott, Logan, and Emma are like trying to make their way towards her. And it's hilarious because Emma turns to Diamond. And Logan is like... Would have been nice to know you could do this. And I just thought that was so hilarious. Like, there are these fucking icicles just flying at them. And literally, Logan is standing there, like, chopping the icicles. And Scott is blasting each individual icicle. And they're trying to walk. And Emma just turns to Diamond. So Emma wants Scott to blast Storm. Scott is like, no, are you crazy? And Logan is like, no, blast me up there instead. So Scott blasts Logan. And he flies up to Storm. And he tackles her. So Emma manages to get the Shadow King out of Storm. And this was a neat little sequence. So there's like Psychic Emma and Psychic Shadow King who are fighting. And Shadow King has this like scythe. 
And Emma it's just scythe. has a shield. It's pronounced scythe. Jonathan, that's not how it's pronounced. It's like school, but it's like scythe instead. No, Jonathan, it's scythe. Don't tell me how to pronounce my words, okay? Okay. Hooked on phonics worked for me. Yeah, so then Emma's got this whip, and she fucking whips his ankle, and they're battling, and she's got a fucking battle axe, and it's, and it's awesome. And so, like, he can't survive unless he's inside someone. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, so he starts weakening and, like, shriveling up, and then she cuts him in half, and it's, like, really gross and disturbing. And then he just fucking, like... He, like, implodes and then, like, like bursts and fades everywhere. And then Emma and Logan smile at each other and Storm agrees to stay with the X-Men. And so, you know, this had some neat moments, like Emma and uh, Shadow King fighting. I love that. I like, you know, Storm all powered up and, like, wreaking havoc, but it wasn't good, you know? She was the puppet of this fucking villain. And, you know, I know that Shadow King had, you know, a big part in Storm's past, but... This sucked. This was the most that Storm ever got in this show. Like I said, if memory serves correct. And it was her, you know, under fucking mind control the entire time. You know what I mean? I feel like it was similar when Malice took over Polaris. Like, that was, like, kind of the most we saw of her for a while. And, like, after that, obviously, she was, you know, an X-Factor. But, yeah, that was the most we saw of her in a while. And, like, it wasn't even her. Yeah, so I I get that it sucks. Also, you know, I'm a big Jean fan. Uh, <laughs> Oops. I'm a big I'm a big Magic fan. I'm a big X23 fan. Oh, X23 is is in the show a little bit, but spoilers: Magic right. is Magic is not. Jean is towards the end. <laughs> All right, yeah, because she destroys the world apparently. Yeah, women, am I right, fellas? <laughs> I mean, look, Storm was drowning Africa. Yeah. You know who wouldn't do that? A man. Do you know who wouldn't do that? Wap Vereen wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Wappin X, if you will. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, I'm sorry. You know, Overflow did get the most votes. Uh, I get it's a Storm-centric episode but it's storm being mind controlled the whole time although again it was cool to see her create fucking tornadoes there was this one shot of africa from like overhead and you see this huge hurricane fucking just swirling over like the middle of the fucking continent and it's like yeah storm does that you know great but you know she's bad that's not a good thing so oh also something else that i thought was weird was when Amal said, like, say goodbye to your precious Africa. And I was like, you're African too. Oh, yeah. Like, this is, this is, yeah. I mean, isn't he? Yeah, he's Egyptian. <laughs> what a dumbass. Uh, all right. So the next episode we're talking about is episode 10. And it's greetings from Genosha. Doesn't say, that sounds happy, right? Greetings from Genosha. It's like a vacation. Yeah, Genosha. Good time. I know, right? Quentin Quire has a shirt that says Holiday in Genosha. <laughs> I remember that one specifically. I don't know why. I really liked it. <laughs> yeah. I I really liked this episode. It had a couple of its weak points, but otherwise I really liked it. So what was what was cool about this is this continued one of my favorite episodes from the show, 
that I remember anyway. We talked about it uh, last year uh, in the summer series. It was the Excalibur Excalibur episode. Literally, the title is X Dash Calibre Calibre. But this has B R E. Isn't that like caliber, like caliber of a gun, or is that B E R? Uh, that's B E R. When did I get so shitty at spelling? I used to be awesome at spelling. I was the best at spelling uh, when I was in grade school. I can't spell the word separate and unnecessary. My phone always has to change them for me. (laughs) Well, thank God we have our phones. So yeah, so in Excalibur, Kurt was trying to help mutants get to Genosha because Spiral and the Reavers were like kidnapping mutants. So Kurt was trying to make sure they got there. And he wanted to go there himself. Uh, so Magneto greets the the ship that's carrying all these mutants, and uh, and so we get we get uh, quick glimpses of Mellencamp, Pyro, and Mercury, and so that's neat. Who is Mellencamp? Mellencamp is the green guy. Oh, that big like monster looking thing. Yeah, he was. Oh, I uh, thought they just invented him for the show. I don't know who he is. Mellencamp was one of the acolytes, uh, one of Magneto's acolytes in the nineties. Of course, he was. Well, there were a lot of them. They so were hard like to... never referred to by name either. Yeah, they were. Yaka and uh, what was her name? Bot. <laughs> yeah, Amelia Vote. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and yes, I was very excited about Mercury, but when they showed her on the cliff, I thought it was Harley Quinn. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> you saw a redhead and it was Harley Quinn? No, it was because it looked like she was wearing red and black. I was like, that looks like Harley Quinn. And also, they only showed it for like a second. Yeah, that's true. Magneto's like, oh, we're in the presence of an X-Man. And shake hands. And they're walking and they're talking. And Nightcrawler's like, yeah, Xavier's doing doing fine in his coma. <laughs> Nightcrawler's like, oh, is this this whole place made of metal? And Magneto's like, of course, what else would it be? Because uh, it's really neat. He makes the floor like come up and catch his helmet. And he makes the floor again come up to, to create this throne that he can sit on. You know, Nightcrawler is a little, you know, concerned about how trustworthy Magneto is, you know, because they've, they've fought in the past. And Magneto's like, listen, you have full access to the whole, the whole island. I'll even give you a tour guide. And he turns around and his jaw drops. And it's Wanda. You remember the good old days when when Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were Magneto's kids and mutants? They were? Yeah. Before the whole wet-ass pussy craze? Yeah. Something might be coming to me. That sounds familiar. Good. Yeah, so she's Nightcrawler's tour guide. So so this is funny. So it cuts back to the, the fucking mansion, and Kitty and Bobby are in the danger room training, and they share this this almost sexy moment, which in hindsight is funny. They became uh, they became a couple for, for a brief period. Like right before uh, Bobby came out, uh, the two of them were dating after this cartoon. So it's interesting. But anyway, Warren shows up and wants to see the professor. And he's like, oh, where's, where's Logan? And then all of a sudden, just from off screen, you hear, Rah! and he just, r- Logan runs across the screen and fucking tackles Warren. And that was hilarious. That was the funniest fucking thing to me. So then uh, Logan says to says to Warren, you picked the wrong house to sneak into, bub. And I thought this was interesting because that was almost a direct line from the second X-Men movie. You picked the, where he says, you picked the wrong house, bub. Um, Wolverine says it when Stryker's fucking soldiers break into the mansion. So I thought that was neat. 
and Scott blasts Logan. He's like, come on, Logan, give me another reason. And all the X-Men have caught up with them. They're like, what the fuck is going on? And Logan, you know, finally says, it's a shapeshifter. And uh, it's Mystique, because realistically, who else is it going to be? Yeah, exactly. How many other shapeshifters? It was not going to be Copycat. I feel like <laughs> most people most people don't even know who Copycat is. Well, she died within like five issues. <laughs> well, it felt like five issues. Yeah, no, she was not around for long. And I'm kind of surprised that, that they never brought her back. But I guess that just makes more room for Mystique as like the preeminent shapeshifter in uh in in x-men lore uh but on genosha everybody's happy just everybody looks fucking happy there's a concert you know fucking dazzler's making a light show wanda was telling kurt how you know people are studying the arts and philosophy and everybody's fucking like just happy and enlightened and whatever so after the concert's over kurt and wanda they're like walking and they're dressed all fancy and it's really cute and all of a sudden you see fucking fever pitch running fucking across Genosha. And of course they have to pick a mutant that looks funky and that looks dangerous. Fever Pitch and Mellencamp fight. And then Mercury goes after Fever Pitch. And then Sinyaka goes after him. I'm like, none of this is working. I'm like, I feel like any one of these people could take Fever Pitch. But, you know, Wanda even tries to stop him and she can't until Kurt takes Wanda's scarf and starts teleporting around him and punching him. So... Yeah, I'm like, it should not have been that hard to take this fucking skeleton that's on fire out. Like, really? But he's like, Wanda, show me where Genosha keeps its unenlightened. And so she shows him, and, like, they're in, like, these little cells. Uh, but it doesn't seem that bad. It seems, like, high-tech. And she's like, everybody's treated fairly. You see somebody is giving Fever Pitch something to drink. So, you know, they're nice. <laughs> but then Dust sneaks into Kurt's room and tells Kurt not to believe what he sees um, and to meet by the cells uh, in like 10 minutes or whatever. And so Kurt sees that dust is actually being taken away into a secret room. And it's a large hidden prison there. Like everything is like stone and dilapidated. And there's like these bars that look like metal. And Magneto says that this is for reorientation. Yeah, they show, but they show them the good jail. Yeah, but there's a secret bad jail. There's a secret bad jail. No, this just kind of reminded me. Well, maybe they based it off of the, um, you know, if you go to, because you can go to North Korea. Oh, let's go. <laughs> I don't know if anybody can go or like reporters or whatever they let in, but they go only on guided tours and only in certain areas. Um, so, you know, they show you like the rose bushes and the everything's sunshiny and happy and there's, there's everybody loves everything. Yeah. So they, they don't show you any of the bad stuff. So I'm like, oh, maybe that's like what this is a reference to. They show the rose bushes. But did you know, Patty, that every rose has its thorn? Uh, Just like every night has its dawn. Uh, did you know that? Jonathan, Did you know that? that song is going to be stuck in my head now, and I'm going to be really mad. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but you're 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 right. Uh, I mean, yeah. That's you know, Magneto's trying to make Genosha seem all like this fucking utopia uh, for for mutants, but but it's not. He, you know, he's talking about like reorientation until these people come around to our way of thinking. But at the same time, this was like a little too quick and easy. 
Yeah, send them to Gulag. Yeah, basically. But what was Fever Pitch doing? You know, like what happened on the island for for you know Magneto's goons to be fucking chasing him? Why are there? Why is there such a huge prison under there? Like, what are people doing on Genosha for Magneto to be like, hey, listen, you belong in Secret Gulag Prison? So I don't know. It just it seemed a little weird. It seemed to happen like a little too quick. Like, why does he need that? You know, secret prison. What was wrong with the with the first one? Why didn't the first one work? Yeah, um, I, I thought the same thing. And then they they ended up catching Dust too because she told him about it. Yeah, I guess. So so that was kind of upsetting. This episode had you know like a bunch of like you know a bunch of like characters that didn't appear too much outside of Genosha, but it was just kind of like neat to see them. Mercury was not going to be featured in Wolverine and the X Men. Oh, she didn't even have one word. No, she didn't. Um, but that was cool. I love Mercury and I miss her. Yeah. So uh, back in the fucking mansion, everybody's fighting. Bobby freezes Forge. And Forge is just like the butt of like everybody's fucking punishment. They're punishing that butt. <laughs> um, oh, fucking Bobby freezes him thinking that like he's the shapeshifter. And obviously he's not. It's just for fucking comic relief. And uh, Mystique and Logan start fucking fighting. So, whoop, okay. But, you know, I'm more interested in what's going on on Genosha. So you've got Mellencamp and Pyro and Mercury are all chasing after Kurt. And Wanda shows up. And Magneto shows up. And, like, he's, like, standing, like, right by the fucking cliff. And, like, what is he going to do? Where is he? How is he going to get out of there? He's got no boat. He ha- he's got no way of contacting the X-Men right now. He almost did until Wanda fucked it up. Because Wanda knows what's what's going on. Um, and she agrees with her dad that, like, that super secret prison needs to exist. So Kurt... Kurt's plan is to fucking teleport across the ocean. And so that's what he goes and does. Yeah, and he he does it like how he normally teleports, like 10 feet at a time, which is <laughs> think, really hard to watch. I think it's a little bit more than 10 feet, but I get what you're saying. 10 meters. That is a... <laughs> for, for our international audience. I know how much you love meters, Patty. <laughs> I know how much you love meters. I have no idea... I can't I can't picture how long a meter is in my head. So I don't know how long ten meters is, but let's go with ten meters. <laughs> Wait, no, okay. So they say stay six feet apart, right? But I've also seen people online say stay two meters apart. Uh-huh. So that means that it's three times as long as a foot. Uh-huh. So let's say that he can bamf like oh let's say five meters. Okay. There, we figured it out. Why are you just making things up as you go along? That's what I do. That's my brand. But yeah, so Logan and Mystique fight and but until suddenly she runs away. And, and it's great because like the X-Men are running through the mansion. <laughs> they like turn this corner and Logan sees that the front door is open, meaning that she ran away. And so he just gives up. It's, it's basically like, whoop, she got out the front door. That means that she's home free. That means that she's safe sees. We can't go after her. And then, you know, finally, fucking, we we cut to Kurt getting to the shore. He actually made it. He made it back to the fucking mansion all the way there. He's, like, crawling. <laughs> Crawler. <laughs> and he's, like, about to pass out. And Logan greets him, but it's not actually Logan. It's Mystique. And she's working for Magneto. I was so mad. Like, the whole right? rest of the time, I knew when it was Mystique and whatever. And then, like, when he finally was, like, crawling up the lawn and... 
Logan was like, oh, hey, Kurt. I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> she just knocks him out, and I just screamed. I was like, ah! Yeah, that's a real swift kick to the crotch right there. You didn't feel for him. Like, to fucking teleport all the way across the fucking ocean? Like, dude, what? You couldn't have found a boat somewhere along the way or a plane overhead or anything. He just managed to do that. And then all of a sudden, like, boom, like right back where he started from. That's that's such shit. It's like getting all the way to the top and shoots and ladders. And then you fucking hit the chute and you're all the way back down at the beginning. <laughs> that's the worst. That is the worst feeling. I don't know why that's the analogy I'm making. I haven't played that game in about 30 years, but <laughs> I feel like it's appropriate, you know, sort of. So I really enjoyed this uh, this episode. You know, th- this show is set up Magneto putting Genosha together for as a mutant, as like a, a safe haven for mutants and like advertising it like away from humanity. Like you'll be safe here. And so great, you know, I mean, that's, that's neat, but obviously it's shady because Magneto is traditionally a villain, and they're not going to introduce. They're not going to have him in the show and have him just be completely fucking pure. You don't put Magneto into like you know a cartoon and just start him off as a fucking hero. That's just you know like why would you do that? At the same time, I was like, this is bullshit. My Magneto would never. No, I mean I get you, and the thing is, it's like he wasn't like overtly villainous. Like, he was in, like, the first issue of X-Men or in, like, the Pride of the X-Men pilot. Like, you know, he did put he, he did put together this whole fucking thing for mutants to hopefully live in peace. But at the same time, he's still doing something shitty. But, no, you're, you're I, I feel like, yeah, putting them all, like, locking them away, like, in secret in this fucking dilapidated prison and treating them like this. I, I mean, he grew up in, like, the worst kind of prison camp. Yeah. Yeah. He would never do this. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, It it was weird. That was, you know, that was sort of a low point. But I liked the concept of it. You know, Magneto's, Magneto's not coming from a completely pure place. I liked Wanda, sort of. You know, she immediately became this sort of, like, cute little romantic interest for Kurt. But she's sort of like her dad. So, they may not work out. I liked all the cameos from everybody you know pyro was there so obviously i thought it was hilarious that logan tackled angel before we knew who it actually was yeah i was like cracking up like i'm not even gonna question that that seems like such a him thing to do also uh lorna was there i don't remember if it was this episode or next one but she she exists in the show and she is also recognized as magneto's daughter Yes. But yeah, Lorna did have an appearance in one of the episodes that we are going to talk about. Uh, So do you think Logan should tackle Warren more often? When you look at Melon Camp, do you see more Melon or more Camp? You don't need to cross an ocean to find us, folks, because we'll be right back after the commercial break. Hey! X-Men Reanimated on Instagram is reanimating the intro from X-Men the Animated Series. Each animator does a scene in their style, and there's 27 animators, so the look of the intro changes with each cut. They've got pixel, hand-drawn, and digital animators from all over the world participating. Find the link to X-Men Reanimated in the show notes of this very episode, and check out their progress. 
Their goal is to have it completed by October 31st in celebration of the cartoon's 28th anniversary. That's X-Men Reanimated on Instagram, and you can find a link to that account in the show notes of this episode. Alright, good work team, let's hit the showers. Slim, you better be nice and soapy by the time I get in there. Sigh. Logan, if you please, let's get this over with quickly, shall we? Sure thing, Emma. Hi, I'm Wolverine. You may remember me from Wolverine and the X-Men, and Wolverine goes triple X with men. And I'm Emma Frost. You may remember me from Seabiscuit on Fire, Secretariat on Fire, and the Horse Whisperer on Fire, and the Horses on Fire, too. Me and my pal Emma are here to tell you about the website, GeekAid.com. Don't ad-lib. We are not pals, you hairy little scab. Geekade.com is a website that has articles and podcasts about different geeky topics for all of your geeky needs. Whether you like horror movies, Transformers, anime, video games, or comic books, Geekade.com has got you covered. Speaking of covered, how did you manage to completely shred your pants on every mission? Please put something else on. I've seen your hairy Canadian assholes so many times I'm having nightmares. Plus, Geekade.com has YouTube and Twitch channels. Isn't that right, Emma? Yes. Yes, that's right, Logan. So check out Geekade.com today. All right, Slim. Here I come. God damn it, there's that hairy Canadian asshole again. Okay, so the next episode that we're talking about is episode 15, Hunting Grounds, which is nice because this continues the story from the last episode that we're talking about. Yay! Yeah, you like that. You like when that happens, right? Yes, I like being able to continue stories. (laughs) So yeah, so Kurt is in prison on Genosha, but he's not in that super secret prison. He is inside of a ball. They just put him inside of this ball. He's he's in a ball where the pee is stored. Wait, whoa. The pee... Where the pee pee is stored? (laughs) Patty, the pee is not stored. In the balls. Jonathan, don't argue with me. I'm an anatomist. <laughs> Did you say anatomist? Is that even a word? I don't think yeah, that's even a word. I just made it up. I said it, so it's a word. Patty, the pee is not stored in the balls. It's stored in the bladder. Jonathan, that sounds made up. The bladder is not stored in the balls. Jonathan, you need to go back to sixth grade, okay? Patty, do you so are you telling me that your pee is stored in your balls? Yes, Jonathan. Tell me that your pee is stored in your balls. Yes. Patty, point to the balls on the Patty doll because <laughs> I don't there are no balls on the Patty doll, okay? That you know of. Ugh. So Spiral kidnaps Kurt and uh and kidnaps Wanda. So then that's that's this is when we see Lorna. We see little little baby Lorna. She she's got to be like around her early teens, maybe. She uh she comes running to Magneto and she's like, oh, I heard that Wanda was missing," and you know, she's like all worried. Magneto's like, "No, no, no, don't worry about anything. Everything's okay. But just just so I know, who told you that Wanda was missing?" And she's like, "Pyro." And I'm like, "Oh fuck! Are you ah? Uh, why you got to throw Pyro under the bus? Now he's gonna catch some shit from Magneto." And and I didn't want to see I didn't want to see that I didn't want to see him get hurt. That's what the that's what happens. Fucking Magneto tells Mellencamp and Pyro to go do whatever it takes to find them, and they start running off. And Magneto 
pulls Pyro back by a kerosene tank and throws him in the ball. So now Pyro's in the ball. Kurt's not in the ball anymore. Pyro's in the ball. Pyro is not going to have a ball in the ball, but Pyro's in the ball. Do you see what I'm saying? Now he's the piss. (laughs) What? He is the wet-ass Pyro. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. But yeah, so what happened is, yeah, so, so fucking obviously Spyro kidnapped them for Mojo because Mojo wants some fucking entertainment. He needs his TV show. He needs his stories. Wanda yells at him, you have any idea who I am? And Mojo's like, you're a damsel. <laughs> it's so funny. The fucking the announcer is like, how will the amazing Nightcrawler protect the love of his life? The Crimson <laughs> Witch. <laughs> And she's like, that's Scarlet Witch. And Nightcrawler's like, she's not actually the love of my life. And like Wanda turns and just like glares at him. And he just like shakes his tail. This was so funny. I'm like, they just met. You can't be mad about that. (laughs) So they send in the Reavers to, you know, go after Kurt and Wanda. And Kurt tries to disarm the one of them. I think it was supposed to be Cole, I want to say. But he can't, it doesn't work. He tries to disarm uh, what I assume is Cole, and he just gets, like, electrocuted. And so they just are basically just trying to run away. They run into this wall, and then Wanda uses her power, and they realize that they're in a dome under the sea. Under the sea. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that. And then, uh, yeah, so they try to fight back anyway, but then Mojo and Spiral mention the new hunter. And round two, because, oops, the new hunter is Wolverine. You know why? Because his name's in the title of the show. So it's got to fucking revolve around Wolverine. He's got all the fucking contraptions on his face that are like pulling his eyes open and his mouth. So he looks like Mojo. And it's really creepy. It looks like the Joker got to him and was like, let's put a smile on that face. (sighs) This is literally what Logan looks like. It's the most ridiculous fucking face. It's kind of creepy, but it's, like, ridiculous. And I forget if... uh, It might have been Kurt that said it. That was like, oh, I can't believe they could take over a mind like Logan's or something like that. And I was like, (laughs) it only happens every three months. Come on, guys. I don't think there's been a character that has been mind-controlled more than Wolverine. It's not really much of a challenge. Like, everybody's done it. <laughs> Literally everybody. Yeah, it's like at the villain parties. They're just like, okay, guys, take a shot. If you haven't mind-controlled Wolverine. <laughs> and nobody drinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, that was, that was a very funny line. Um, but a lot of this episode is really Kurt and Wanda trying to run away from Logan and Logan having this creepy smile and growling as Logan does and cutting down trees and bushes in nature as Logan the Lumberjack does. And that's really, that's really all it is. So yeah, so, so they're basically just running away. Kurt tricks Logan into stabbing this hatch, which isn't even fucking like camouflaged or anything. Like really, like they're in the fucking woods. They're not actually in the woods, but it's like this dome is supposed to look like the woods. And there's, you would think if they, if they didn't want their, um, their prey to find their way like out, they would maybe camouflage the hatch because it is very conspicuous. Yeah. No, this, 
So it was like almost the same exact thing happened to Arcade, like in his first or second appearance, I think. What, there was just a, a hatch? I don't know if it was like a hatch or like a doorknob or something, but there was something that made it really obvious that there was a door there. Yeah, yeah. So like, put more effort. Like, seriously, villains, put more fucking effort. So that, so that was just kind of silly. But yeah, then fucking water starts rushing in. Uh, Kurt manages to get the fucking headgear off Logan. And uh, Logan is like passed out. And Kurt's like, I'm going to go to try to get the hatch all the way open. And the water is fucking like rushing in. And they're in this tree. And Wanda is like holding on to Logan. But then it looks like he slips out and is just like fucking drifting away. And uh, I guess Wanda swims and catches up to him. And Wanda carrying Logan, they catch up to Kurt and they get into the fucking control room and Spiral attacks Wanda. Logan wakes up and is like, I don't know who you are, but I'm pretty sure I don't like you. And starts fucking attacking Spiral. So, So they fucking, they escape. Spiral and Mojo get away. But fucking uh, Kurt and Logan and Wanda are on Spiral's boat. And Magneto comes and finds him and is like, what did you do to Wanda? And and of course, she's okay. Um, but Wanda admits to Kurt that she didn't drop Logan. She let him go because it's what her father would have done. Because all this time, she's talking about survival. You know, like it's either us or him. So let him go. And Kurt's like, why are you telling me? And she's like, because you showed me that that was wrong. And, you know, Kurt's like, oh, Wanda, come back with us to the X-Men. And she's like, no, I can't. Got to go with my dad. And she kisses Kurt on the cheek and she leaves with her dad. And that's the end of the episode. I wasn't a huge fan of this episode, to be honest. I mean, it gave some some deeper characterization to, to Wanda here. You know, that she's like becoming sort of like ruthless like her dad. But like already Kurt has had like this little bit of influence on her to like make her slightly a better person to not allow someone to drown. You know what I mean? Like, like that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's nice. If you go from, you know, willing to let people drown to not uh, willing to let people drown, that's a step in the right direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. I figured that she just, you know, he just kind of like drifted away because he's like 500 pounds. Yeah. And she couldn't hold on to him. <laughs> And it was kind of weird that she told Kurt, but whatever. Um, <laughs> why Why be honest, you know? Like, why, why choose honesty when you don't have to? <laughs> exactly. No, but she, she was like, oh, well, I just thought that it was the right thing to do because it's what my dad did. And I was like, that sounds like a cop out. You should just, you know, accept your own decision. What? Like, accept the consequences of what you do. Don't just say, like, oh, well, I thought that's what my dad would do, and I thought my dad was right all the time. Oh, yeah. What I'm saying is that this show does not properly encapsulate Magneto's identity, okay? I am a Magneto stan. I'm a big uh, Magnet fam fan. <laughs> Magnet stan. <laughs> Okay. All right. Um yeah, I get you. I don't know. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't crazy about this episode. I mean, you know, that the interactions between Kurt and Wanda were, you know, okay, but 
you know, it kind of dragged a bit when they just kept running from Logan and it was just like the woods and it was kind of boring. Um, Lo- again, Logan looks silly with the shit on his face with the fucking like orthodontic headgear, you know, <laughs> to keep his teeth straight. <laughs> it was silly. Um, I didn't care too much about Mojo and Spiral and then what the fuck they were doing. So this episode was kind of meh, but yeah, it is what it is. All right. So the last episode that we are talking about um, is episode 21 and it is Rover. And I love this episode. And I remember watching this many years ago and crying. This episode got me emotional. It is a very sad episode. Um, did you ever see the movie Iron Giant? Uh, no. Okay. Is it about an iron giant? Yes. It's <laughs> probably the first movie that I saw that I cried at. Really? Uh, yeah, I was a kid, and also I didn't really care about anything, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that, I mean, it's a kind of similar story. I don't really remember exactly what happens. I just know that the robot died. <laughs> spoilers jesus christ all right i guess we don't need we don't need to watch the iron giant now we can scratch that one off the list thanks patty i wasn't planning on ever watching it again anyways that's fine the first movie i ever cried at was um that i can remember anyway was my girl i was like maybe seven years old uh saw it in the theater it was uh still a very young macaulay culkin and i don't want to spoil anything but <laughs> yes, I cried. All right, so this uh, episode takes place uh, almost completely in the future. So what happened, you know, when Gene exploded was it somehow sent Xavier like 20 years in the future. And it's like the days of future past future where mutants are in camps, but uh, a bunch of mutants broke out of these camps and they're this their own little team who are like on the run now. So Lorna created the Sentinel and it is a sentinel that helps the mutants. But this episode opens with Marrow, and very happy to see her. I figured, Patty, you were going to be very happy to see her. Yes. And she's fighting a sentinel. Uh, it's chasing after her. And so Rover is sort of this... He He looks a little beat up. He's not, like, fully complete. There's, like, parts of his face missing, his chest plate missing... You know, he just looks like a busted-up Sentinel a little bit, but he's still, like, two arms, two legs, tall, and, like, able to f- and able to fight and shoot lasers. All he can say is destroy. And that is the cutest fucking thing in the world, Patty, that he just says destroy. <laughs> it's basically, like, the one that Trinary makes with the rainbow, but this was oh, yeah. before that. Also, um... This look for Mero is actually my favorite of her looks. So I'm glad that they picked that one to use. Oh, good. Good. The yeah. one where she like kind of makes a headband out of her bones and frames her face. I think that's really cute. So Rover blasts the Sentinel and saves Mero. Bishop comes and uh, he's with Xavier and he yells at Mero that like, this isn't how you should be getting spare parts by fucking luring sentinels and trying to fight them. And she just completely ignores him. She's such a pain in the ass. And it's it's great. Mostly great. Not all the time. Well, mostly great. So yeah, so she gets... Uh, she's looking for the like voice parts from the sentinel so Rover can have it. But Rover blasted the sentinel in the head. So obviously it's destroyed. Uh-huh. But 
she still gets uh, the chest plate for him. And he's very happy. And it's cute. But anyway, Logan brings Scott to contact Xavier in the future. And Scott's memories have come back from the blast because Scott was standing right next to Gene. Gene was the cause of the blast. Ugh, blame it on Gene. Okay, can we get over it? It's always Gene's fault. <laughs> no, I, I agree. But now when you see Gene for like that split second, it's got the outline of the Phoenix. So what? Like we couldn't tell. You know, because then they say that Genosha went up in flames, the world went up in flames. So it's the whole fucking Phoenix thing. And Gene caused the apocalypse. And like Scott starts flipping out. So Charles telepathically freezes him. And then Charles just talks with Logan and sort of insinuates that Logan may have to kill Gene uh, to stop this from happening. But, you know, I mean, nobody knows exactly when this is going to happen yet. So that kind of that kind of becomes the point of uh, this episode. So they come back to the future and, you know, uh, Rover is walking and this is how they travel. He's carrying Marrow so they can travel quicker. And Marrow's trying to teach him how to talk. And so she's reading this like children's book. She's like, the kids run and play. So can you say this, Rover? The kids run and destroy. It's just, it's really cute. That's like, it's all you can say. She's trying to teach him words. So we see that some of the other mutants that are part of this little group are Berserker, Vanisher, Hellion, and Domino. So Xavier decided to stay behind in this area uh, where um, Bishop and him caught up with Marrow so he so Xavier could talk to Logan and Scott. But he's been spotted by these fucking panther-looking sentinels that are tracking them. You can call them hounds. I see what Damn. you did. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did. But he's he's been spotted. And so like that was so stupid. Like his only power is telepathy. Like, how are you gonna leave him by himself? Like when he tells Bishop and Marrow they can go on ahead. It was so stupid. Like, yeah, what's he gonna do to some fucking robots? He actually took one of them out. He did? Yeah, he had like a pole or something and drove it through the fucking hound's head. I'm like, are you kidding? Xavier can't do anything. <laughs> But fucking Bishop and Vanisher came to rescue him. Also, I didn't realize that was Vanisher first. I thought it was Ink. Because tattoos? Yeah. <laughs> you don't remember that uh, Vanisher has that all the stuff all over him? I basically remember the name Vanisher. I don't remember anything he's been in except when he recently died. And yes. that's all that I remember about him. Is that he recently died and I was like, Jonathan, who's Vanisher? I don't remember this guy. <laughs> Patty, he appeared in X-Men number two. Did he? Yes, he was the second one. <laughs> okay, well, I guess it's been a while since I read that. What else, what other stories has he been in? Has he appeared be between X-Men number two and when he died? Yes, he appeared in the 80s Fallen Angels that we talked about, like, last fall. Yeah, Fallen Angels in the fall. Yeah, I don't remember <laughs> that. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. It's not like he's a super popular character. There's like five million villains. I can't remember all of these characters and all of the Morlocks and everything. Do you? So you? So okay. So then tell me, you don't remember what Vanisher's real name is? No. Okay. What is Vanisher's actual power? What can he do? Vanish, disappear, and reappearing someplace else. What do you call that? Teleport. Okay. So his power is teleporting. His real name is Telford Porter. I hate that. <laughs>
I love that. Telford Porter is a teleporter. It's great. Oh, well, it's like, uh, uh, what, what, what do they name him? Anders Lance or whatever the fuck? Oh, um, Lance Alvers. Alvers, okay. Yeah. Alvers, comma, Lance. Alvers, Lance, Avalanche. <laughs> it's good. I fucking love it. Oh, my God. All right, anyway, so so the fucking hounds are fucking sniffing after these fucking mutants. So Marrow is trying to keep Rover hidden and safe. So there's, like, this big fucking tarp that comes down from, like, this cliff that he can hide behind. And, you know, I just feel like if they all teamed up, they could fucking take these things. I mean, I guess, like, other hounds and, like, sentinels would maybe notice. But still, it just is weird that they're, you know, all fucking, like, so scared of these things. But um, anyway, Marrow is mad at Xavier and blames him for them all being on the run. She's a very angry, angry young lady. But so so they're they're trying to figure out, you know, exactly when, you know, Gene is going to destroy everything. And Bishop is like, well, you know, the original detention center is where all the original data storage is that goes like all the way back to when all this fucking apocalypse fucking started happening. So maybe we could find out the moment the sky it was filled with fire, you know, at this facility where all the original data is stored. So then Xavier can tell Logan exactly when this happens. So, like, they want to send in Rover to fight the guard sentinels, and Mara was livid. She's like, five sentinels? If anything happens to him, Xavier will pay. So, yeah. Because it's like her pet. It's Rover. Yeah, no, I I understand. She was like, I'm not going to risk his life for this fuck who just showed up. So they figure that sneaking in won't be too hard. It's going to be the sneaking out part. Uh, One thing in this episode that I was not a big fan of, though, is like you see the full team, you know, when they're like running to the cave to hide from the hounds, but not the entire team came on this mission. And I know, like, the more people that go, the more chance of something happening and you being spotted. But at the same time, like, they left behind Berserker and Domino, right? Now, these are Sentinels we're talking about, like, giant machines. You would think that you'd want a guy who can, like, fucking generate electricity to come along. And he did not. Also, a woman with fantastic aim and luck on her side to come along. And she did not. So I thought that that was very silly. Yeah, why why even have them there then? <laughs> yeah. So so Hellion is carrying the fucking data storage thing out, and the Sentinels catch them. They Marrow was hanging out with Rover, like standing uh, guard for a little while, and then just decided to fucking leave. But uh, Rover knows that he should be helping them, so he comes back and he starts blasting the shit out of the fucking Sentinels. And even Marrow helps. And so this is really cool. And Rover is like yelling like destroy and just like blasting them. It's great. Fucking Hellion and Banisher managed to get the data unit out of there. And then all of a sudden all the fucking Sentinels start concentrating on Bishop. Obviously because, you know, he's catching some of the energy and redirecting it back. So all of them are concentrating on Bishop. And Hellion is trying to keep him protected. But then Hellion passes out. So then Rover jumps in and draws all of their fire and marrow gets hurt in all of this and loses his shit fucking he slices one of them in half he slices another one but in the meantime fucking rover gets one of like his hands blasted off 
Uh, it's just, it was such an intense battle sequence. It was so amazing to see Rover in action and chop these things. It was like an anime fucking sword cut. And Vanisher is like, we need to leave. And Marrow was like, no. And it was so sad. You know, like Rover is in such bad shape. And like, you can tell that he's just fucking going to get destroyed. But Xavier gets in contact with Logan, says he finds out when this is going to happen. You have eight days from now in the present to like, to stop the fucking apocalypse you know it's just it's really sad rover is now dead marrow's crying she she's standing there with him the sentinels come for her but she turns to the sentinels and says tell master mold i can lead him to xavier and i was like oh marrow she better don't huh ah. and so so yeah so marrow's gonna betray gonna betray them but yeah this was really sad i really loved this episode i really did uh, Rover was adorable. It was really sad when he got destroyed. It was it was so awesome to see him in action and see his relationship with Marrow. And I'm sure this was like directly taken from like the Iron Giant, uh, the way you describe it, and just what I'm taking from the context clues. But they were like best friends. I I don't know. I liked the other characters in here too. I like seeing Hellion. He didn't really get too much, but he came in handy, like really handy a couple of times. Uh, that wasn't making fun of the fact that he lost his hands. I wasn't saying it for that reason. <laughs> but yeah, so this was a really neat episode. I I really I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I I um I liked it too. It was sad because like all of this like, and we don't know if this information is even going to really you know help uh the past i guess not turn out like this yeah and she had to lose like her one friend that she had basically so it was really upsetting yeah i mean you know as she's angry and she's understandably angry her life has literally been hell um you know she's got a very obvious mutation so obviously that's been rough too and you know she's got this one genuine friend who listens to her and cares about her and tries to defend her. And I feel like even like uh, Xavier said that, you know, like er early in the episode, like he listens to her and, you know, she, uh, she just lost like her best friend in the fucking world. And it's just, it was really sad. It it was, it was such a good episode though. It it really was. This might be my favorite out of the ones that we're, that we're talking about, but you know, it ends with Marrow betraying them because professor Xavier is a jerk. So that'll do it for this special episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast, and on Twitter at mutant musings. What do you think of Wolverine and the X-Men? Is it your favorite X-Men cartoon? Join us for two spooky episodes in October, and until then... Rover was right. Destroy.